are now listening to The Breaking Dads Podcast Enjoy Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Breaking Dad Podcast. I am your host. My name is Woody, and this is episode 19 of the Breaking Dad Podcast. Uh, I just wanted to start this off by giving a big thank you to all y'all that had listened to the last episode, episode 18 I had with uh, my guest, Jamil. Um, a great conversation. It was easily my longest uh, <laughs> podcast episode to date, um, but we were just having such a great conversation um if you haven't heard it please go listen to it it is a it is amazing it was a really good talk um and i really really enjoyed having that and he will be back again as a guest so um thank you again thank you very much for listening thank you very much for tuning in again of course to this week of the break it down podcast um it's a lot i have um on my mind that i kind of wanted to uh to speak to y'all about, but I do also um, want to thank you all who sent in suggestions to breakingdadpod at gmail.com. That's where you can submit any, you know, any questions you have, any topics you want to hear on the show. I did get a few submissions, so thank you to y'all, and I will get to those submissions, of course, uh, later on in the show. So stay tuned, listen uh, for that as well. Um, I want to start with the Olympics. Um, you know, a couple episodes we had the run, you know, letter run episode, which I gave my opinion on the whole Shikari Richardson uh, situation. But since then, the Olympics have started. Uh, me and my wife did watch the opening ceremony together. We loved it. Um, these are the things about the Olympics that I really do love. You know, the pageantry of it, just seeing the different um, countries, learning about countries I didn't even know where they were. Um, they, where, you know, they, where they exist and, you know, you get a little snippet, you know, they don't really give you a good deal, but that's up to you to then go ahead and deep dive into those countries and find out about them. So we did find a couple of new vacation spots. We might want to go and, um, explore and learn more and get to see firsthand for sure. So the, we were really excited. We love watching those kind of stuff like the open ceremony. Um, and one of the, you know, amazing things that you, you learn as you go on, um, with marriage or any kind of relationship, of course, um, you learn new things. I didn't know my wife was so into the Olympics. I didn't even, um, what was the last one? 2016. I want to say that was, I thought Beijing was 28, 2008. I don't remember where 2016 was. May have been Brazil. Um, but we, I don't, I think we watched the open ceremonies again, but I didn't think we really, you know, watched the game or I didn't know she was that into um, the summer Olympics that well that much, but this year, yeah, she was really into it, and um, we really got to, you know, it's really been cool. We've been watching a couple of the events. She's really into the gymnastics, of course, um, which takes me into the first topic I want to talk about. Um, obviously, the news came out that um, the goat, the greatest of all time, Simone Biles, has uh, removed herself um, from. She removed herself from the group, from the team competitions, and then. Um, today it came out that she uh, has also removed herself from the individual, the all-around individual as well, um, citing her mental, she wants to take care of her mental health, which um, I would start clapping, but I don't want you know to mess up the audio like that. Um, big round of applause, huge round of applause for, for that. Um, I think that's big. I, I will say this, I believe she's about 24 years old, so I'll count her. In, in that group, but I want to say this generation coming up, man, there's a lot of things to criticize, but there's certain things these jokers are getting right. 
you know, and I just think that was really, really big and stand up of her to, to take care of herself, you know, and, you know, the, she has the moniker as the goat. She puts the goat on her unitard. So I have heard, um, which I like to do. I like to listen to the other side. I kind of like to hear, hear what they have to say. And, you know, I have heard people say, well, you call yourself the goat. You put that pressure on yourself. That pressure was going to be there regardless because people started calling her the greatest even before she put that on her unitard. That's kind of you trying to take it, embrace it, you know, market it, of course, you know, get that little extra, you know, some, some, but you, you try to embrace these things that get put on you and she tried, you know, she tried to embrace it and the pressure was a lot, you know, and her, it doesn't make her any less talented. Of course, is she still the greatest of all time? Yes. Could she stand up to having that pressure of being the greatest of all time and then competing? It, you know, obviously mentally it was a lot for her and for these Olympians, it, this has been a very different Olympic um, journey because it's been five years, not four. You know, this was supposed to be been, been done last year, but because of the pandemic, you know, it had it been pushed back. So this is just a whole nother year of, you know, having to prep, having and, you know, and, and during uncertain times, having to prep, having to go through all the, you know, scrutiny and pressure that that comes with these Olympics. So and in the meantime, she was still winning championships. She's still, still out there winning, winning world championships. And I, I think I read or I had. Um, well, I remember. I remember, of course, but I just reposted something today about how she won um, with two broken toes in her. She had uh, a broken toe in both feet. Yes. And then um, she had won the nationals with two with broken toes in both her feet. Um, I think she won the worlds with kidney stones, you know. And of course, you know, we can't forget about the fact that she was part of the, you know, U.S. Olympic national uh, U.S. Olympic team that, um was being sexually abused by that doctor on the team. So she had a lot going on, you know, and she stood up. So um, as the post said, you can't sit there and say anything about her not being strong enough or being tough enough, especially if you're somebody who was complaining about wearing a mask at Wegmans. <laughs> that's how that's how the post was going, you know. That's what the post said, sorry. But that's what's um, going on right now with her. And, you know, wish her the best of luck. The team still won silver, and, you know, we're going to see what happens with the individuals of course but um i give kudos to her for sure for that because that's big you know that's big your mental health is really really important and i think that's kind of changing um people taking that as serious as they should that's a way of the that's one of the ways the world is changing is um the emphasis on mental health because it, it really is important i mean i'm from the you know the generation of you know you you, you know, mental health, or you mean you're crazy, you know, but that's not it. There's a lot going on in this world. And this world has only evolved and gotten harder at the end of the day, you know, like, do we have the same struggles as let's say, you know, in the 60s and 70s with overt racism, and you know, just being out there and open, and the way, you know, pre civil rights? No, you know, it's not that same. Um, it's not as out there. Everything's a little bit more, um, covert it's a little bit more on the you know though we do see people you know out there wilding um but it's not the same but that doesn't make it any less you know and i think that's something that we really need to um find that balance or get that understanding is no how, was it is it the same as it was back then no but does that make it any less tough no it's just a different type of burden you know these kids bullying was different Bullying, we would go get bullied in school or bully in school. And then after school, you know, you, you try to make it home. Don't get beat up or nothing. Once you're home, 
you're done with it until the next day, you know, with these kids and these phones. And I had to catch myself. I used to just sign out. But then you hear they go, they're dealing with FOMO or you kind of to be in the loop, to be in the know, you need to be online. So these kids don't escape it because then they're still bullying them online. And it, it kind of goes into a vicious circle. So, I mean, is it different? Yes. But does it make it any less? No. And I think we've got to stop, you know, being so dismissive of this younger generation and understand that they're growing up in a world that's different than ours. It was different. My generation, I can I remember a time not having a cell phone or cell phones not being a thing, you know, dial up Internet, you know, AOL, the little disc came in the mail. You had to put it in and, you know, that was probably terrible for podcasting. But yes, you know, that sound, you know, we, um, you know, you were on the Internet. Someone picks up the phone and the Internet goes out. I came from that generation of a life before that. These kids have not, you know, my children are not growing up in that generation. And then that's why. It's going to be different. We need to adapt to it, of course, because if we're just sitting around complaining about, oh, it wasn't like this back then, then, you know, what are we doing with ourselves? How are we progressing? How are we, you know, adapting as the people that swear that they can adapt to everything? You know, oh, we would just, you know, tough through it, but we need to adapt. Do I want to say just throw away all our ideologies and, you know, do as they do? No, don't get me wrong, because the older generation still needs to lead, but we need to lead and adapt with our good positive values and adapt it to these times. And that's, that's the, the, I don't say the sweet science, but that's like the, the beauty and the brilliance of moving through life and wanting to move through it the right way. And especially with trying to raise these human beings. Like I, you know, and I'm kind of getting off subject, but with, you know, Dealing with raising my children, you got to understand you're raising my daughters. I'm raising someone's future mom, someone's future wife, you know, somebody, you know, future member of society. Same thing with my son. I'm raising someone's future protector, father, husband, you know, and I'm raising someone's brothers, you know. So that's it's it's really important that, you know, we need to um, adapt so we can understand and then apply our our lessons and our values into today's society. So with all that, you know, that's, that's just how I've been really like, kind of like pursue, like processing it. That's how I've been processing it. And that's the way I want to apply it moving forward. Of, of course, um, is, is with that kind of, that kind of mentality as far as with, you know, these kids, I, I do, like I said, I do commend them on their, their stance of like, there's certain things we would just be like, oh, that's how it is, you know, and that was our way. Oh, that's how it is. And we're just going to, you know, boom, boom, boom. Like, no, we can't do that no more. A lot of these kids, they're saying, oh, this is the way it is. Well, that's messed up. It shouldn't be that way no more. So let's change it. Let's let's try to force this change so that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. You know, and that's what I commend these kids on is, is standing up, you know, and that's why it ties back into Simone. You know, saying that, you know, and, you know, uh, Naoki, uh, Naoki, sorry, Miss Osaka, Naomi Osaka, of course, um, my apologies for messing up her name, um, for, there's another one, you know, saying what she said, uh, I think that was during Wimbledon or was, yeah, Wimbledon or US Open, one of those two, um, and saying what she's saying, like her mental health and she's going to take precedent on that because, you know, they, you play tennis for a finite amount of years. Like Serena Williams is saying that like, there's an end to your dominance. There's an end, you know, and she's still playing, but you get what I'm saying. And at the end of the day, they're still not going to care about you. Once you're done playing, 
you know, you'll still be a celebrity bar. Are these people going to care about you the same as when you were winning these championships? No. So it's up to you to make sure that that person that you're going to be when all this is over is straight. Because what good is it if you went out here and did all these incredible things and then when it's over, the person you're dealing with is in complete shambles, you know, isn't isn't well enough to enjoy the fruits of all those of all that labor. So I, I will commend this younger generation for really trying to buck the system and how things are and change norms and change things, um, which kind of goes um, a little bit to. I'm, I'm not all the way flushed out with it because I, I haven't heard the entire audio of what the baby said at Rolling Loud. If you haven't heard, um, he was trying to do a call and response at his concert. Um, I think he said, you know, put your turn your cell phone light on if you know some some something, something. Turn your cell phone light on if some some something, something. And I think he said, um, turn your cell phone light on if you don't have HIV. And I think he was talking to you know um, some of the uh, homosexual male. Uh, fans or yeah, hopefully homosexual fans in the in the crowd at Rolling Loud in Miami, and um, he's receiving a lot of backlash for it. I haven't heard the full audio, but I did hear his response. I heard obviously the clip. I heard his response to it, um, but I haven't heard the full audio um, just yet. So I haven't had a full flushed out opinion on it. Um, I understand call and response. I I understand where um, you may try to. And try to attack a, a stereotype and reverse it to something positive. Um, you know, I think we had a song, you know, Fat Man Scoop um, and Faith Evans, you know, the Fat Man Scoop would do the, you know, talk over the, the Faith, Faith Evans songs. And I think at one point he said, if you got real hair or something like that, I, I don't remember. And I wish I, you know, would have researched this more before. But I think he tried to attack the stereotype of women, have, you know, black women having weave, you know, because obviously he's talking to you know, hip hop R&B crowd, you know, or, um, yeah, I think you say you've got real hair something like that. And I think that's just tacking a stereotype, you know, and he was trying to make it into a positive twist. I'm not sure if that's what the baby was doing. Like I said, I haven't. Um, so I will, I'm not going to rush to judgment. I do see that he did get, um, some backlash from Dua Lipa who he had, I think he has a, uh, my kids like that song, I levitate song. Um, I know they have a song out that's pretty big, and I know he had a collaboration with uh, a company called Boohoo Men, and uh, like a clothing line, like uh, a collection, sorry, a clothing collection, and I heard that they said they're going to stop um, their relationship with him. So he is losing, um, I mean, he didn't lose anything with Dua Lipa, but um, they, you see where it's coming, because she's a big pop star, so... Um, but he's a big pop star in his own right. So we'll wait and see as far as what happens with the baby. Um, I found myself enjoying his music uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, a couple of songs, of course. Uh, but, you know, we'll wait and see if um, he's he's not backpedaling. So once again, I want to sit there and want, and, and listen to the, the whole clip at and see the context of what it was put in. Because like I said, I can understand you trying to say that because that's a negative stereotype. You know, and is it true? Like, you know, no, you know, that HIV AIDS is not, we learned that years ago. That's not, uh, oh yeah, that's a gay man's disease. You know, that's, that's a terrible thing to, to think and say. So if you're going to take something and try to attack it and flip it, if that's what he truly was doing, then, you know, come on guys. But once again, we know how this goes, just a clip comes out and 
we we rush to judgment there and i'm and i try to do that not to do that and to preach that here on the uh break dad podcast not to rush to judgment to wait until you get the entire um situation so you can make an informed decision you know that's um that's kind of been a thing that um i like to tell everybody to do you know we kind of get situations where and it happens a lot and i feel like it happens a lot once you have a movement and then you, you know people try to discredit a movement um, case in point, um, with everything with Black Lives Matter. And um, when we had the situation where the young lady was shot by the police officer, when he just showed up to the uh, to the scene, you know, and we kind of all rushed to judgment. He just ran up, shot her. Oh, you know, but we did not review or get the whole grasp of the situation. I think LeBron James um, put his foot in his mouth then saying, oh, yeah, you're next as far as coming to judgment, you know, for the situation. And then everything came out and it turns out, you know, the young lady had a knife and was about to attack those women. Yes, the you know, was about to stab the lady in the neck. So he did it to preserve life, you know, and for some people that didn't change anything. And, you know, everyone's, you know, has a right to their opinion. Um, but it was just it, it got a different it was it, you got a full look at the whole picture of the situation. The man just pulling up, not knowing who's who on the scene and just seeing somebody run at somebody else with a knife about to stab someone else in the neck and. What do you do? You know, so I think there was another situation recently that I saw online um, where I myself um, almost rushed to judgment, where it was an officer had just did a search. The guy was in, the, in his car. I think he was in the passenger seat or the driver's seat. And he's recording from selfie position. And the back seat is open and the officer goes, you know, walks up to the passenger seat and then back passenger seat and tosses a baggie in the car. And then, you know, the guy on the video says, Oh, what's that? What's that? And he was like, uh, that came out of one of y'all's pockets. You know, he's like, that ain't mine, that ain't mine, you know, and it looked like he was planning evidence. Then when you watch the whole, you know, and of course they didn't put out the whole clip. It was just the clip from his phone. So when the can't, you know, and the guy even says, you know, he was like, I'm recording. He was like, I'm recording you too. Cause he has a the body cam. And you know, that was a little, you know, suspicious to me. And I was just like, if you're doing something dead, you know, damn dirty like that. And you know, you got a body cam, your body cam is on. That's, you know, I don't think he's planning evidence, not even trying to block his body cam, you know, but uh, and then, the you know, body cam comes out and it turns out was officer still a dummy. Yes, he went about it the wrong way, you know, but he wasn't planning evidence. It, they had searched the people's pockets that was in somebody's pocket and um, there was nothing in it. There was no, you know, marijuana, anything like that, any kind of drugs in it. So he was putting it back. But he didn't put it back in the person's pocket. He tossed it in the backseat of the car, which if it was nothing, you either hand it back to the person, put it back in their pocket. Or, you know, if it's trash and you're just going to toss it, you just toss it, you know. But, you know, once again, there was a lot of people rushed to judgment. They go, oh, crooked cops, planning evidence. And that's where we need to. I say all that to say that's what we need to avoid in order to not discredit the movement. You know, we had an officer on camera whaling, you know. He had his foot on, he had his knee on that man's neck and, and murdered that man in cold blood. We have that. You know, we've had all these situations, you know, where it's been cold blooded murder on these tapes. So we can't just rush to judgment without the full scope of everything, because then it's going to discredit, you know, and have people in the other side looking at it like, well, see, you just crying out, you crying out this, crying out police brutality. And we don't want We want to avoid that. I want that. I want to avoid that because when they do step over the line, we don't want it to be 
we want to reduce it because the other side is going to be the other side regardless. But we want to reduce it as much as we can for sure. And we definitely want to also just just be better critical thinkers. You know, it's just you would never go into any situation without the full story. And that's just a, a, a helpful life skill that I definitely want. Um, I, I feel everyone should have, you know, just the ability to not want to rush to be first or rush into situations. It's just it's. It's just better on all sides. Just when even when there's injustice to be most informed going into the injustice rather than just rushing in, you know, even if there is an injustice so that you're not then hurting those have, that have been done unjustly or even hurting the person who didn't do anything wrong by rushing in and rushing to judgment. So um, that's that's just my takeaway from that whole situation for sure. And um, kind of what's been going on lately. But um I really um, wanted to also just touch on one last thing uh, before we go ahead and get to the emails. Um, I did want to give a shout out to Ryan Lucas. Um, If you do not know who Ryan Lucas is, Ryan Lucas is a father from Detroit um, who saved his two twin. um, I want to say they were they were they were infants. They were small um, children. Yeah, he had infant daughters that were in the basement. The house was on fire and he rushed in there without any hesitation. Couldn't see. He said he couldn't see anything in front of his hands. So his 18 month, he had 18 month old uh, twins, uh, Milan and Malaysia. They were asleep in the basement and the house was on fire. And he just he just ran in there and saved his kids. So I want to give him a big shout out. I know that he suffered. Um, I know he suffered some burns. I think Mal- Malaysia had severe burns as well, and Milan suffered from smoke inhalation and second-degree burns. Um, but he saved his baby's lives. Um, he said he was temporarily blind for three days. Um, he got burns on his arms for the most part. And I did see his face, and he had um, some burn damages to his face as well. Um, so shout-out to Mr. Ray Lucas for sure um, for doing what all us fathers would would do in that situation and saving it, saving his baby. So, um He's a hero, and um, we do appreciate you, sir. And um, we give you your flowers for that incredible, incredible feat of uh, bravery and, you know, and fatherhood. So shout out to to Ray Lucas for sure. Um, So we're going to go ahead and uh, get to these questions here and in the Gmail. Let me make sure I get it there. Once again, it's breakingdadpod at gmail.com. And... I should have had this already pulled up. My bad. All right. So this one is from Steve. Steve writes a breaking dad podcast. Sorry, I should have had this already read. Um, And he asks, what is your uh, what is your opinions on teaching your children about gun safety? When do you think is a good age? And do you yourself have any guns. Um, I won't say whether or not I have guns in my house. Um, you can come try to break in and find out the hard way. Um, <laughs> no, but um, on a serious note, um, on guns and teaching your kids about guns, I think it is good to teach your children gun safety if you have a gun in the house, especially. Um, they obviously shouldn't know where they are, of course. Um, but for sure, I think you should be able to teach your kids about gun safety and just let them know how important and how dangerous they can be. You know, you avoid things like, you know, accidents and, and such like that. But it's just also just for defense. 
you know, this world is a crazy world. And I just think that it's really, really important for kids to understand um, the severity of them, seeing them not as toys, but as the dangerous weapons that they are, but also having the knowledge of what to do, um, how to handle them properly, for sure. So um, I think that's um, one of the things people don't know about me. I am very uh, pro guns. I'm just pro guns smartly. I just don't think any old any old person should have one, but it is important in protecting your home because the bad guys are going to have guns. So um, if they got guns, you need guns too, for sure. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go back in and see what's the next one. Um, here we go. Hey, Woody. How you doing? Father, for the first time, baby coming on the way. What can I expect or what's some advice you have for a father? For the first time, um, <clears throat> oh, and it's a little girl. Well, congratulations. Um, that girl dad life is amazing. I will say that it will be challenging. Um, my daughters are only six, so um, I the one thing I always say is just you're never going to be prepared. Just make sure you have the mind, the right mindset. You know, um, if you're someone who is, you know, provider first, then make sure that you you have what you can to provide. But understand, I will always repeat this. Um, one of the I, th- I said the last episode, I'll say it again. One of the greatest things you can spend um, with your kid is time over money. So just make sure and make sure you just just love them. You know, there's no you. Of course, we want our kids to be well behaved. We want our kids to be smart. We want our kids to, you know, to exceed in whatever talent they have. But above all else, especially our little girls, they must know that they are loved. You know, that just that first aspect eliminates a lot of the little things I feel anyway. And once again, like I said, my kids are only six so far. Um, and everyone's pairing it is different, but I think that universally love is number one. So just make sure you love on them, man. Just, just make sure they feel and know more than feel. Just make sure they know that they are loved because that is, I, especially with little girls, I feel like that is number one. Um, so I do appreciate you guys sending in those questions. There are a couple more that I will love to get into, but I will get into them on the next episode. Uh, I'm looking to have a guest on my next episode, on episode 20. So be on the lookout for that. Um, once again, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. Um, this means a lot to me that you guys are participating and that I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers have been going up. I'm really surprised at the demographic, of course, um, and the splits and everything um, that I'm seeing. Uh, thank you all. I, I can't say that enough. I'm really, really happy and astounded. And, and it motivates me to keep doing this for sure, especially after that long hiatus to make sure I get these episodes out for you. I feel like I cannot let y'all down and I will reciprocate my effort with you guys is taking out your time and your day, whether you are doing something or if you're just sitting down and listening. So I appreciate y'all for listening so much. Um, as always, uh, this Breaking Dad podcast, you can find us Apple, Spotify, Google Play, um, just everywhere. So, um, you know, if you can give us a rating, give us a five star review, that will be icing on the cake. You know, thank you all so, so much. This is the Breaking Dad podcast and we out. Thank you.